You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. While you were offline, the State of the Union is riddled with typos. By Graeme McMillan. Before we delve into the darkness of the world this week, let's consider these two tweets from the past seven days that really tell any outside viewer exactly what they need to know about the platform that is Twitter, in addition to the stuff about Nazis and harassment, of course. From Owen Buck, Hey, Snickers, how many RTs would it take for me to get a year's supply of Snickers? And then he followed it with, I'm deleting my account. Geraldine tweeted, Them, you spend a lot of time on Twitter. Me, it's how I get my news. Opens up Twitter. Timeline is just a bunch of people tweeting cat GIFs. Me, loudly, Oh, Congress, what are you up to now? Oh, social media. So many fascinating characters. But that's not what you came here for. This is what you came here for. The State of the Unium. What happened? President Trump got to give his report card to Congress last week, prompting all kinds of commentary across the World Wide Web. What really happened? Last week, Trump gave his first State of the Union address, although for some it was the State of the... Unium, thanks to some misprinted tickets. Jessica Taylor tweeted, The stat of the Unium is string. Paul Chambers tweeted, Don't know how you do it, but our tradition is to roast Covefi over an open-barrel flame and tune into NPR and listen to the state of the Unium on a hand-crank radio. Matt Fuller, And somewhere in the capital, an worker in the print shop cackles with delight over his state of the Unium handiwork. Welcome to the resistance, he whispers. The typo was apparently not the White House's fault, but whether it was Unium or Union, there was a lot of anticipation in the air for Trump's so-to speech. After such an eventful first year in office, everyone wondered what would he talk about. Betsy Woodruff tweets... Newt Gingrich tells Tucker Carlson he thinks so too will be about America. Well, yes, sure. But nonetheless, many outlets tried to predict what he'd say ahead of the night itself, which might explain why the media was able to concentrate on, shall we say, less weighty topics, like fashion. 
Scott Wong tweeted, You normally see bright, colorful outfits at Sotu, but tonight, dem women wearing black in solidarity with Me Too movement. Lysandra Villa, on dem's decision to wear black for Me Too, it's not that it's a standout color, but it makes some of the women who wore wear red on the Republican side really stand out. Lysandra Villa again, Another attire note, a lot of Dems wearing colored bands, scarves over their shoulders. I'm told they're in solidarity with the African nations that Trump called S-holes. Okay, so the Democrats were wearing black to stand with Me Too. And that's not exactly a non-weighty topic. But what about the Republicans? One Republican figure attracted notice for not wearing black. April D. Ryan tweets, A white pants suit worn by Flotus... I can't recall seeing that with a first lady before. Real Donald Trump is wearing a vibrant, striking blue tie. Is it a subliminal signal of unity? But back to the speech itself. According to Trump, the State of the Union was strong. Isn't that always traditionally the case? Although many of the other parts of the speech were less traditional, as Twitter was quick to note. The White House tweeted, I'm asking both parties to come together to give us safe... Fast, reliable, and modern infrastructure our economy needs and our people deserve. Ben Jacobs tweeted, Trump says, make America great again, and every Republican stands and applauds. Every Democrat sits stony-faced. Caroline O. Less than five minutes after calling for unity, Trump takes a dig at NFL players for engaging in peaceful protest, and then immediately launches into a defense of the Constitution as written which notably includes the First Amendment. Topher Spiro, Americans are dreamers too. This line was intentionally divisive. Jennifer Jacobs tweeted, When Trump said Americans are dreamers too, Democrats stayed seated and were nearly unanimously silent, some rolling their eyes per house in session. Joy Reid added, Booze when Trump mentions ending the ability of immigrants to bring family members to the U.S., something immigrants have been able to do for generations. Maureen Johnson tweeted, I think they've given him a big cup of NyQuil and then rolled him out. B-boy Buyabas, this speech is supposed to be about unity, and so obviously the president takes a jab at black football players who kneel for the anthem. Matt Fuller, is this fun for Trump? He really seems kind of flat, like he'd rather be in bed eating a couple filet fishes and Big Macs, watching Fox, making some phone calls. Never mind what was said. Some people noticed what wasn't. Jennifer Jacobs tweeted, What's not in Trump's so-to speech? No announcement he'll extend protections for DACA immigrants. No reference to Russian interference in election. Nothing on Robert Mueller's investigation. No mention of classified House intel memo. Josh Rogan. No mention of Syria, the Assad regime, or its atrocities in Trump's first so-to speech. Sad. It was overall a very Donald Trump speech, if somewhat lighter on the insults and uses of the term fake news. There were, of course, any number of fact checks for what was said, but there was one thing that everyone accepted as true. The president needs to stop applauding himself so close to his microphone. The Huffington Post tweeted, Why, yes, President Trump does keep applauding himself. Or is he applauding the crowd applauding him? Tracy Zolman, 
had to walk away from the SOTU broadcast, not because of the speech itself, but because of Trump's clapping himself. Tim Wilson, why is the POTUS clapping for his own speech at every pause? Is he afraid the audience won't know when they're supposed to applaud? WBTV, Ben Williamson, all right, audio guy needs to mute the mic when POTUS claps. Greg Copewhite, find someone that claps for you as often as Trump does for himself. As it turned out, he wasn't the only one whose applause was noticed, however. Daniela Diaz tweeted, Senator Bernie Sanders is me thinking about all the things I need to do tomorrow. Cassie Adams, when you're out with your friends and remember that your dogs are home alone just waiting for you. Vin, can we talk about whomever is behind him? Who claps like that? The takeaway, as should only be expected, Trump's first post-speech comment about the State of the Union was all about how many people were watching. Donald J. Trump tweeted, Thank you for all of the nice compliments and reviews on the State of the Union speech. 45.6 million people watched, the highest number in history. Fox News beat every other network for the first time ever, with 11.7 million people tuning in. Delivered from the heart. Wait, the highest number in history? Turns out that's not even vaguely true as was pointed out by none other than Fox News. 2018, 45.6 million viewers. 2017, 47.7 million viewers. 2016, 31.3 million viewers. 2015, 31.7 million viewers. 2014, 33.3 million viewers. 2013, 33.5 million viewers. 2012, 37.8 million viewers. 2011, 42.8 million viewers. 2010, 48 million viewers. 2009, 52.4 million viewers. 2008, 37.5 million viewers. 2007, 45.5 million viewers. 2006, 41.7 million viewers. 2005, 38.4 million viewers. 2004, 43.4 million viewers. 2003, 62.1 million viewers. 1993, 66.9 million viewers. The largest TV audience. Another shake-up at the Justice Department. What happened? For anyone keeping score, go ahead and add Deputy Director of the FBI to the list of surprise resignations during the Trump administration. What really happened? The fight between the President and the Justice Department continues apace, following reports that President Trump had launched a campaign to discredit FBI witnesses and asked the acting director of the FBI who he'd voted for. Last week saw another departure from the office for a Department of Justice official. The NBC News tweeted, Breaking! Andrew McCabe has stepped down effective today as FBI Deputy Director, Multiple sources familiar with the matter tell. To say that FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe's departure was big news would be a drastic understatement, and Twitter dug in with its traditional vigor. Jennifer Epstein, at lunch with UN Security Council ambassadors, Trump ignored shouted questions about the report that Andrew McCabe is leaving the FBI. During the Russia probe, President Trump has pressured or fired at least eight justice officials. Fired, FBI Director James Comey, U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, Acting AG Sally Yates. Pressured, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, 
Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein, Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, FBI Director Christopher Wray. The USA Today tweeted, Andrew McCabe, FBI Deputy Director, steps down amid Trump and Republican criticism. Steve Brusque, from our justice team, one source said FBI Deputy Director McCabe's departure was not in the plans as of Friday. The source said McCabe was told this morning to step down. A second source described McCabe's departure as being removed. ACLU, if the White House or Attorney General Jeff Sessions pressured or forced FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe to leave, it would be a big problem. A politicized FBI always leads to civil liberties and civil rights violations. But how bad could things have been, really? The day after President Donald Trump fired James Comey, I became so furious watching television footage of the ousted FBI director boarding a government-funded plane from Los Angeles back to Washington, D.C., that he called the Bureau's acting director, Andrew McCabe, to vent, according to multiple people familiar with the phone call. Trump demanded to know why Comey was allowed to fly on an FBI plane after he had been fired, these people said. McCabe told the president he hadn't been asked to authorize Comey's flight, but if anyone had asked, he would have approved it. Three people familiar with the call recounted to NBC News. The president was silent for a moment and then turned on McCabe, suggesting he ask his wife how it feels to be a loser, an apparent reference to a failed campaign for state office in Virginia that McCabe's wife made in 2015. McCabe replied, Okay, sir. Trump then hung up the phone. Greg Sargent, this seems normal. On a call with now ousted FBI official Andrew McCabe, Trump suggested that McCabe ask his wife how it feels to be a loser. Okay, so that's pretty bad. Brian Krasenstein. Trump met with AG Jeff Sessions and FBI Director Christopher Wray seven days ago. Today, CNN reports that FBI Director Wray told McCabe he was bringing on a new team and that he was not part of it. All points to McCabe essentially being pushed out by Wray. That last point may not be right, according to the White House. Jennifer Jacobs tweeted... This decision wasn't made by the White House. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, when asked about reports FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe is exiting. The president wasn't part of this decision-making process, she says. Still, at least one man was willing to stand up for McCabe. A very familiar man, as it turned out. James Comey, Special Agent Andrew McCabe, stood tall over the last eight months when small people were trying to tear down an institution we all depend on. He served with distinction for two decades. I wish Andy well. I also wish continued strength for the rest of the FBI. America needs you. The takeaway, there is, of course, one thing to remember when looking at this, especially as it revolves around legal matters. Jeff B. tweeted, I have no idea what's going on with the McCabe situation, and neither do you. Soap and water never did me any harm. Ask my acne. What happened? Do you take care of your skin? According to a new report, some people might be doing too much for it. Those folks were not ready to hear that. What really happened? Political maneuvering wasn't the only discussion on social media last week. Surprisingly, a story about skin care started quite a bit of typing, too. Eric Hinton tweeted, This piece really has it all. Brutal glossier donks, skin care horror stories, great soap opera jokes, Michel Foucault, in an alpha-hydroxy-acid bath. Anne Helen Peterson will only read skincare takes from people with chronic decades-long acne. Sorry.
Shade vivo. Please don't let that skin care as a scam piece make y'all mad. Log off and put on some serums and forget about it. Everything is a scam. Invest in whatever scam you want. Julia Rubin. The thing about skin care is that it works. Michelle Lee. Me preparing my thoughts on the outline's anti-skin care piece. We was dragons? Skin care is bourgeois. Oh, really? Then why do most skincare methods like aloe for burns come from farmers and other people who mostly work outside? Such a crock of shit, unlike the bourgeois, I don't care about my skin. Poor people do care about themselves, you know. Stephanie, I get the point, but did we have to shame the bad skin haver in the process? Don't we all have friends who are fanatical about skincare and don't really have great skin? Phoebe Gavin. I'll never forget that one time I spent money on my skin, and it improved its texture and appearance, and as a result, I felt more confident and happy. What a waste. I was duped. Terrible decision. I should not be trusted to recognize and address my own needs. Indeed, so many people were talking about it that the conversation provoked even more and more and more opinion pieces on whether or not skin care was something that people should be discussing and why. Oh, and it helped others to come forward to share their skincare tips, too. Regular Gem, one of the best skincare regimens is to lie down deep in the quietest part of a forest until you are covered in nourishing lichens and moss, never to arise again. This is ancient knowledge companies wish to suppress. Sam Sanders, since this is what the Internet is doing this week, in case you're wondering, my skincare regimen consists of shame... Touching my face way too much, and always wondering about that one mole. Danielle Kurtzleben. My skincare regime involves going into a tiny dark closet and whispering to my skin. Just whispering encouragements. You are an effective barrier to disease and other contaminants. I believe that you will one day grow glittery scales. And by God, if I don't look incredible. The takeaway? For those who don't spend much time on skincare, there is only one response to be made here. Sarah Jones, starting an online support group for people who have no opinions about skincare and don't understand anything that's happening on Twitter today. So what's your child texting about? What happened? These kids and their phones and their slang. Who can keep up? What really happened? Quite why the Is Your Child Texting meme returned this week. It's been around for months. Potentially inspired by this story from USA Today last May is a mystery, but we're quite glad it did, and apparently we're not alone, as multiple sites noticed it this time around. We'd explain what it is, but you'll pick it up. Let's end this week on, if not a high note, then at least a silly one. Amand, is your child texting about Star Wars? BRB, BB-8, races beautifully. LOL, Leia orders Luke. SMH, sassy Mark Hamill. TBHD, Tears because Han dies. STFU, set the Falcon up. IDGAF, ignite dat galaxy and force. IDC, is D2 caroused? BTW, bring the Wookiees. Piss Ben Knuckles, is your child texting about anarcho-capitalism? Here are some commonly used acronyms for these terrorists. STFU, smash the Federalist Union. LMAO, leave me alone, oligarchs. GTFO, getting the firearms online. DTF, don't trust feds. 
KYS, knife your senator. Jillian Drajinsky, is your child texting about Olive Garden? Here's a quick guide to find out. OG, Olive Garden, LMAO, love me an olive. LOL, lots of lasagna. ROFL, ravioli or flavorful linguine. BRB, breadsticks rock, bro. WTF, where's the fettuccine? STFU, some tiramisu for us. Dan Burns, is your child texting about the current state of British politics? TBH, Teresa's bloody hopeless. F2F, Farage too frustrating. ATM, actually terrific milliband. PMSL, Prime Minister should have left. STFU, shut that Farage up. IDC, I dig Corbin. Prosanta Chakrabarti, is your child texting about ichthyology? OMG, oh my gars. LOL, love ocean life. WTF, where's the fish? FML, fishing more lakes. BTW, boating to work. LMAO, let's meet at ocean. TL, semicolon DR, trawl low, deep reefs. TGIF, try getting ichthyology fever. Alexandra Petrie, is your child texting about Les Miserables? LOL, love our Lamarck. I see why am I, I'm convict, you mistook inspector. JK, Hevert knows. BRB, barricade ready boys. GTFO, go take Fantine's orphan. LMAO, leave Marius alone, okay? WTF, Waterloo, talk first. TTYS, thoroughly tell of your sewers. Neil Gilbert, is your child texting about birding? OMG, owl mobbing gashock. LOL, love observing loons. WTF, weird thrush flyover. FML, flycatcher might leave. BTW, binoculars that work. LMAO, large migratory activity overnight. TL, semicolon DR, try Lisa. Don't regret. TGIF, Thayer's Gull is fiction. Elena Trueba, is your child texting about the Silmarillion? LOL, Lay of Luthien. FFS, Fenor forges Silmarils. LMAO, look, Melkor, Ardaz over you. TTYS, Turin Turambar, it's your sister. STFU, shoot! The fearsome ungoliant. IMO, Iluvatar's musical originality. Micha Bonald MKV. Is your child texting about classical Greek literature? WTF, where's the fleece? GTFO, going to find Odysseus. RTOFL. Returning Odysseus trounces fleeing lechers. JFC, Jocasta fumbles child rearing. LMAO, listen to my ancient oracle. STFU. Sending the Furies from the Underworld. Parker Higgins, 1337I-I, texts, Is your child texting about copyright law? FFS, fortunately, first sale. IDC, in the dang compendium. JK, Jeff Coons. SOB, sweat of the brow. LOL, liberally open licensed. BTW, Briar's team wins. GTG, good second circuit guidelines. SMH, Selfie Monkey Hypothetical. The takeaway? There was, of course, only one way this could end. Calamity John, is your kid texting about utter gibberish? Know the signs. 
OMFG, Obel Mufubleg, IRL, Ibel Rebel Delibel, WTH, Wooth, BRB, Burrblabob, BAMF, Babelamfmuff, FCOL, Fnaskleopalaw. Hope you enjoyed this spoken edition of Wired News. And if you'd like more, search for Wired Science and Wired Business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.